Hello and welcome to the Jamcast. I'm your host, Alex Knight, and this is episode 15. Today, I'm joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast, and science fiction writer K. Tempest Bradford. In episode 15, The Rock Fashion Book, a book publisher hears about Jem and the Holograms winning a fashion show and signs them up to make a rock fashion book. The misfits send Clash out to spy while they try to make their own rock fashion book. Their book is rejected, but Pizzazz's father buys the rights to the Holograms' book, where they use their new control to make the Holograms look ridiculous. The photographer has proof, though, that Clash and the Misfits are responsible for accidents. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. So episode 15, uh, which is written by Rick Merwin. I'm unfamiliar with his work. Now you're not. Oh, well, yes. Now now we see <laughs> Rick Merwin's glorious... Catastrophe? Mm. Well, you know what? This actually, actually... It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Right. This was. This isn't a bad episode. I mean, there's yeah. some things in it that you're just like, what's happening? But... <laughs> but that's Jem. But that's Jem. Indeed. Well, this week we open in the Starlight Music Boardroom, where Robert Arlington, owner of Arlington House Publishing, meets with Jerrica Benton to offer a business proposal to Jem and the Holograms. Jerrica leaves her office and tells Rick she'll go find Jem. But of course, she switches to her alter ego and then re-enters the room only moments later. Rick makes a passing reference to a previous episode where the Holograms won a fashion contest and says his idea is to put together a rock fashion book with the band. Jem jumps at the chance to showcase Shayna's fashion and design prowess and accepts. However, she leaves the room... Uh, and grabs the contract, which, by the way, is hilariously labeled contract <laughs> in all uppercase letters. <laughs> because- Important legal document. Hello. Yes. It must be clearly labeled. <laughs> right. Right. Well, she leaves the room with the contract because naturally Jerrica has to sign it. And this is really hilarious, but she literally walks right back into the room without <laughs> reading the contract. It no, says, she never reads it. No, she goes, this looks good. But Jim you didn't even read Jim it. told me Jim told me all about it and I was like but you were out there for like 23 seconds. Right. Not even. Also, I still don't understand like he's like I have a proposal for Jim. Well, shouldn't Jerrica have been like, well, I'm her manager, so just tell me what you want. And then right. you like a book. Yeah. And she's like, I'll sign. Like Jim did not need to come into that room. <laughs> right. Make an executive decision, Jerrica. You run the show. And have you noticed that any time somebody contacts her with like a business proposal or asks about anything that they need from the band. She's like, Oh, let me go get Jim. Right. Like, she can, like, why are you in charge if you can't make any decisions? She's exactly. the executive assistant. Right. Which is fine. But it doesn't make any sense. But it's weird. Yeah. Well, we cut to the misfits who are watching Lindsay announce that Jim and the holograms will be participating in Arlington house's rock fashion book. Naturally, the misfits are unimpressed by the news. Typically, the misfits would plan sabotage as their primary tactic, but this time they decide to put together their own rock fashion book and publish it before the holograms can finish theirs. There's always a plan B, though, and Clash is tasked with keeping an eye on Gem and the holograms in case things with the fashion book don't work out. Mm-hmm. Because Clash is so very... She just blends into the mm. background absolutely especially with those uh those wrist symbols right like she's never you know like 
a person that you would notice hanging yep. around where you knew it belong. Ever. And that hair of hers totally blends in with the crowd. Right? Exactly. I love how Roxy says, those no talent turkeys. <laughs> This is not this is not the last time that somebody in the Misfits says the word turkey. Yeah, they really like that. It just seems like such an uncool thing to say. Well, they for, can't like, these say what hip, they really these think. These hip, like, young pop rock stars to be calling people turkeys. I don't know. Yeah, but they can't. They can't curse because it's a kid show. So that's right. And you know, you know, this is going to work out well because the movie thing worked out really, really well. Oh yeah, so, that was a big hit. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna make I mean, our own book, right? Without any kind of experience, right? I'd love to see their profit and loss sheet. <laughs> their loss sheet. <laughs> right. Yeah. There is no profit. Yeah. It's just negative. Just in the red all the time. And where Eric Raymond's was conspicuously absent. He is, this yeah. This is true. He's, uh, like there's, there's scheming happening and Eric isn't around. I was just going to say that. He's probably uh, somewhere with Zipper. You know, scheming. <laughs> <laughs> or Tech Rat. One of the two. Well, on the set of the Holograms photo shoot, the band is in awe of the dolphins at the aquarium. Kimber mentions how cute they are and that she wants one. And Jerrica makes an odd remark about how she can have one and keep it in the bathtub. I thought that was really strange. Yeah, they have a pool. That's where you keep your dolphins. Right. Right. I didn't. I thought it was just banter. It. I don't know. I. Okay. So because this episode is called the Rock Fashion Book and the whole point is them taking pictures to show off these fashions. I am going to have something to say about the fashions for every yes, scene please. of this. And what is Kimber wearing? She's wearing like a business jacket at the pool mm-hmm. with dolphins. Mm-hmm. Like what you do. The, right. Like what is the point of her outfit? Like I'm serious. It's a water resistant <laughs> outfit. Like everybody else is wearing like beach clothes and Kimber's wearing half of a business suit. I, with padded shoulders. With padded shoulders. Yeah. Gotta have that nice, <laughs> nice sleek shelf look to the shoulders. Well, we cut to a Gem and the Holograms music video called Come On In, The Water's Fine. What did the two of you think of the song in the video? I like yeah. this song a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go, 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 go. Please, Tell me about it. It says no, but I, yeah. just, I really love this song, um, especially the guitar part. Like, that's always been my favorite part of this song is, like, this nice driving guitar. And I like, I just like the song itself. The video is actually okay because they're just, they're having fun. That's what I like about a lot of my favorite hologram videos is that they're having fun and they're doing some stuff. There's like dolphins and woo. The presence of Rio is unfortunate, but we can't get away, <laughs> get away from it. Um, and you know, like, and, and just, I just really love this song. Like the music, the lyrics, the singing, everything. Why don't you like it? You know, I think what I realized today as I was watching this episode is that I like Jim's mid-range but I don't like her, like her head voice, her higher voice. And, um, and I think that's what it is. I also, it was kind of, I, I was having flashbacks to one of the early episodes that was the underground, um, and not underground, underwater music video. Mm-hmm. And I was like expecting more like treasure chests and, and finery and, um, oh, that's right. Yeah, and like Jem was a mermaid, right? <laughs> right. So I was like, okay, well, they're they're obviously going to find more treasure under there, and I was slightly disappointed that that didn't happen. So, 
you know, and then Rio comes in and I, I like I automatically now roll my eyes when I see Rio. It's like an involuntary Pavlovian response. I just, oh, there's yeah. Rio. I roll. Well, be prepared for disappointment because we have how many hundred episodes or whatever <laughs> that's left. I know. I know. Oh, God, Sven, where are we? <laughs> Bring him back. back. Sorry, I want him to, like, surf into that pool and do backflips oh. and be like, Jim! Could you just, they could do a whole, like, choreographed scene with the dolphins and Sven doing backflips. Oh, my gosh. Yes. This is head. He should have totally is- popped up at the at the photo shoot. Just, just suddenly surprised Jim and the holograms, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm back again. I really knew it might work, Visa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought the song was fine, um, but I'm extremely disappointed that Kimber did not magically turn into a dolphin. I know, right? Like, first his business suit, and now she doesn't even turn into a dolphin. I just maybe it was her dolphin protectant suit. The holograms get ready for their platform shot, uh, which is a bit dangerous as they have to stand high up on a platform, dangling fish as they wait for the killer whales to eat them. When everyone is preoccupied, Clash sneaks in and steals the photo shoot location list from the holograms. The first attempt goes smoothly, but Richard, the photographer, says that they should do a few more uh, just to make sure that they get the shot right. As they get ready for the second shot, Kimber slips on the platform, but Aja quickly reacts and grabs her. Shayna and Jem slip as well and fall into the water. As Aja's grip begins to slip, Kimber ends up pulling both of them down. The holograms are not out of danger yet as the killer whales head for the girls. Rio and Richard jump in to save Kimber and Aja, and then they grab Shayna. But where's Jem? The water has shorted out her earrings, temporarily disabling the holographic projection. Rio dives back in to look for them, but is unsuccessful. Fortunately for Jem... A dolphin comes to rescue her and saves the day. Just in the nick of time, as she exits the water, Jem's hologram returns and Rio embraces her. Feeling relieved but awkward at the embrace, Jem asks Rio to hold her and tells him that Jerrica will understand how scandalous. Oh my god. Oh my god. So, let, wait, we, we, we'll Tempest, get to that. Uh, do you have anything to say about this? We'll uh, get to that in a minute. I just want to... <laughs> I just want to talk about, like, can none of them swim? Like, none of them? They fall into the water. They're like, oh, no, we fall into the water. The pool isn't that deep. And they're killer whales. There are killer whales. (laughs) They're exploiting those whales. What I find more distressing, though, is that the fact that they're portraying killer whales as actually being killer, like that they're attacking these these people, which doesn't really... I mean, yes, of course, we've we've heard of instances where trainers have been attacked and whatnot, but, I mean, come on, they're not they're not really killer whales well apparently they kind of are the ones in captivity at least like when i uh did the gem rewatch and live blog this episode there was actually like a whole discussion that um i have with a bunch of people where because that was my impression too that killer whales don't actually like worry about you know eating people or whatever and so it was all bullcrap but some people were saying no no whales in captivity have been known to just like do stuff where they like grab somebody and then pull them to the bottom of the pool or whatever and it's like they but the trainers think that maybe what it is is that they're playing or sometimes it's just that they're frustrated because they're in captivity so i guess it is kind of plausible that the killer whales might have been like hey look some more human shaped bodies to play with i mean there have been instances and in, obviously in real life where trainers have died um you know 
from being in the in the same area as, as a killer whale but the way it's animated though with the the whale opening its mouth it's like it's it's coming for them and it's going to eat them which i take issue with yeah that's true like it does make it seem like the whale is just like i mean it's not a shark this isn't jaws like it's not going to eat you (laughs) well and even that like sharks just don't i mean they do but they don't typically just like swim up and attack people generally speaking you know right otherwise no one by channel movie right (laughs) in which case they're in tornadoes but you know whatever yeah so yeah i i agree because like when i first saw that i was like that's that's dumb but then well the dolphins come along because the sea roll lady actually opens the little cage for the dolphins and the dolphins save her like they've been trained to do it like they've had so many accidents with these killer whales (laughs) trying to kill people that they're like they train the dolphins to save humans from killer whales. Yep. I, I like what um, what Rio says to Jem after the sort of that sort of awkward hug at the end there, and he says, uh, "Look, I I, I better I better get you over to some towels and stuff." <laughs> this doesn't make He's any eloquent. sense. It's like we've gone back in time somehow to to the awkward space where Rio doesn't know if he's actually dating Jem and doesn't know if Jericho would be okay with it. Like, they've been dating for 14 episodes now, however many months that is. And so I don't understand. I feel like this was written by somebody who didn't quite, like, he watched the first three episodes and he's like, I understand everything. And then he wrote this. And it's like, no, no, sir, it's not an ongoing tension. This has been resolved. What are you doing? And nobody caught it. I think Rick Merwin was drunk. <laughs> it, it also bothers. I'm I'm tired of the the earrings shorting out as a yes. plot device. Like yes. I just, it's every single episode, and it's like, yeah, th- that can happen sometimes. That's cool. That you know, whatever. But it's like it's something that happens every episode now, and I'm just like, yeah. I can understand maybe the minerals or, you know, whatever's in the water, if it's salt water, I assume it's salt water because whales live in the ocean. So let's just say that that somehow interrupt, like the the fact that she's in water interrupts the, the, the satellite signal. I can understand that. But shorting out the actual earrings makes no sense to me because why would you build earrings that that would be susceptible to to water? Well, well right, Jim's like not going to sweat during performances, <laughs> so, you know, Never. whatever. But I will say, she did, you know, take them off in China. She's like, oh, I don't want to get them in this mineral water. So clearly she knew something. Like, Synergy one day called her and she's like, Jerrica, here are the places where you came out for the earrings. <laughs> Number one, in a mineral salt sauna. Number two, in the pool at SeaWorld. Number three, on a plane. <laughs> oh, that's great. Now I'm picturing Jim slash Jerrica just like paging through the Synergy owner's manual from time to time. Just like, right. was that supposed to happen? Or are these malfunctioning? Or what's going on now? After recovering from the accident, the band plans for the next photo shoot location, which is in Washington, D.C. And later at the Misfits photo shoot, the band is dictating to their photographer, uh, and his name is Harvey, exactly how they want their photos to turn out. And there's a little interchange between the band and Harvey. Bizaz says, make sure you get the sun reflecting in our sunglasses. And Stormer says, yeah, nice effect. And Harvey says, come on, do you want fashion or artsy smartsy? Bizaz says, artsy smartsy, is it? Okay, I've had it, Harvey. You're fired. Get off our beach. 
okay, misfits, starting tomorrow, we're doing it ourselves. We'll get a camera and go someplace new. So my first, and I don't know why I thought of this, but I saw Pizzazz and I was like, oh my gosh, these are Cinderella's stepsisters. <laughs> and I do not know what did it, but I was like, it's those ugly it all clothes. Makes sense, right? It's those ugly, ugly clothes. And I have to say, once again, Bobby Stark is in the doghouse. Bobby Stark has designed them like some truly ridiculous, ugly clothes. But those outfits are so perfectly eighties. Like Pizzazz, the fact that Pizzazz was wearing a skirt with the with the stockings, like those green stockings and the high heels underneath. Like the, oh sort, of, it's sort of like a, like a this tutu thing. Like that was yeah, just, that was so eighties. I've seen I've seen women dress like that. Oh my god, I can't, I can't. I'm I'm still I'm go go look at any right Cindy Lauper video from the eighties. That's pretty much no 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 mm. Cindy Lauper. Even though, like, she wore things that were very sort of, like, cacophonous, they still were, they were less cacophony and more polyphony. And they've made sense. Like, Cindy Lauper would never be caught dead in that crap that Pizzazz <laughs> was wearing. I am sorry. And Roxy and Stormer's outfits were not any better. Like, yeah, it was just all horrible. The Misfits decide to take matters into their own hands after firing their unsatisfactory photographer. If there's one thing we can't fault the Misfits for, it's taking control of their own creative destiny. They would rather have tight control over the design, production, and management of their own pop rock music career. The band heads to a new locale, an amusement park, where they decide to board a roller coaster and take turns snapping photos of each other. You know, you say you say they would rather have tight control over the design, production and management of their own music. But like amateurs do not have tight control over anything. (laughs) It's just it's not going to work. What makes you think this is going to work? Kind of. Well, we'll find out just how amateurish they are a little bit later on in this episode. But for the moment, uh, let's cut to a Misfits music video called We're Off and Running. And what do the two of you think of the song in the video? I like the song. I think I like the Misfits songs more than I like the hologram, Jim and the Hologram songs. Is, is are you talking episode? about just this episode? Yeah, this episode or in general? In general, I think. Hmm. Well, this is one of my top 11 Misfits songs. Um, and, and it is like so cool I once again the the music in this is really cool but what I love most about it is uh, how it's like this song where they're like we are beautiful and amazing and awesome and you recognize and it's not even about like being better than Jem the was like Jem is not even in the video it is just them and the sh- some of the shots that they end up taking are kind of cool some of them are terrible because Ash is up in a freaking tutu thing again for some reason or another the outfits that they're sort of wearing on the roller coasters are fine um and they get some good shots in and it's a fun video and they're on a roller coaster and yeah but it's all doomed to failure because stormer has her fingers over the lens they're little boys with red balloons running through (laughs) and it's the era before digital photography so they couldn't even check and see how the picture came out yep yeah, that's a great point that it's it is a song about being, you know, confident and, and apologetic. And it is one of the very few videos that I've seen where the misfits are being confident and non-apologetic and Jim and the holograms are not being subjugated in some way in it. Right. Look, that roller coaster didn't look that safe anyway. Did you see any harnesses <laughs> on the roller coaster? Did you right. see a bar come down over them? Right. But the roller coaster gets to the top of the first hill. Pizzazz stands up. 
and then <laughs> leans on the, the top of the roller coaster. She's like, yeah, we're going down this hill, everybody. I was like, sit down. <laughs> it's actually, you know what it is? It's a kitty roller coaster, like there one of those. Go. And and it's like shot with, I don't know, like a wide angle lens for dramatic effect. So it makes it look like it's quite a drop, but it, it's just like really, you know, five feet. Right. <laughs> Mystery solved. The Misfits attempt to find a book publisher who will publish their photos, but regrettably, all 17 publishers reject their work for being too amateurish. Oh, my God. <laughs> with, with the initial plan of creating their own rock fashion book coming to a screeching halt, the band resorts to plan B, of course, which is sabotage and sabotage the holograms fashion shoot they will thanks to clash actually who stole the uh, set location list earlier that we saw you know when i first watched it i didn't realize uh what she had stole until later on when they actually explained that yeah that's that's the the photo shoot location list well somebody i think somebody actually says oh i put the location list over there and then you see clash taking it but but it's sort of it's like a throwaway thing i will say i felt really bad for the misfits first of all is that's not how publishing works, where you just like, was, walk in yeah. a building and be like, yep. we have a book. Um, and they're like, no. Did you catch how one of them actually threw the uh, the portfolio out the door? Yeah. How bad were these photos? <laughs> oh, my God. It was so depressing. And I was just like, oh, as a writer, I feel this pain. 17 rejections in one day. Oh. How did they manage to find and make it to 17 different publishers in this weird little two, mi- two square mile town? I don't know. In a single day. Right. Because first of all, this isn't even New York. And this is fake San Diego, Angeles. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't San Diego, Angeles. San Angeles. San Angeles. <laughs> because there, I, I mean... Most publishers are in New York City. I don't know. Why are there 17 book publishers, but only two major record labels? I, again, <laughs> no idea. No idea. It's a very strange media landscape happening in this place. The 80s were an odd time. In Washington, D.C. at the Holograms photo shoot, Clash is noticed by a security guard who tries to chase her in what seems like a golf cart. Oh, my gosh. The golf guard... <laughs> This was so goddamn funny. I absolutely <laughs> lost my shit with the way it's animated. The guard loses control of the cart and it <laughs> goes flying across I like know. it hits the pylon. I'm like, oh my god. That, it's just... How bad is he at driving this cart? It is a golf cart. It is very simple. It goes, it stops. But that cart, like he's like, stop. And he puts his feet on the pedal and it's like, how did he over? Like those things don't go that fast. Like it makes no sense. Oh my God. And you notice how he like jumps out of the cart too at the exact same time. Like, right. Oh, and I'm sorry, but that dude is an elderly gentleman. Okay. And he just, he's not that spry. He's in good shape. I don't know. But but the other thing was, is like, he overreacted so violently to Clash being there. And I'm like, they're at a national monument. Of course, there's going to be some other people instead of being like, oh, shit, other people. Which way did he like flipped out? Just be like, (laughs) ma'am. This this part of the, the National Monument is closed today for this shoot. So if you please just go to the Lincoln Memorial. But he lost his shit and then put everybody in danger. Well, and 
and I wondered too, I'm like, of all the monuments in Washington, D.C., why are you standing right. at Washington Monument, which is basically going to be a slab of granite right in, like in right. the background? Like, you've got Lincoln Memorial, you've got like the Capitol Building, there's the White House, so all those places have visual interest, but no, you want the gray slab of granite behind you. Right. Okay. Especially since he was standing four feet away from them. Right. So there was no way for him to even get a wide enough angle shot for you to be able to tell what they were playing in front of and then they were on that weird scaffold like this this whole photo shoot was literally just so they could almost die falling off the scaffold <laughs> which is what it was the worst the worst constructed scaffolding ever sorry alex we jumped ahead, yeah let, but- <laughs> i gotta rein this back in because otherwise we're gonna stay on this forever but uh yeah speaking of scaffolding uh the uh the car after it crashes into that uh, it ends up sending richard and the entire band crashing towards their untimely demise. But luckily for the band, Rio and the security guard catch them by grabbing a nearby tarp to cushion their fall. Where did this tarp come from? It's just, it's like, just suddenly they're holding a tarp. Like, you guys keep a tarp? Don't you always have a tarp, like, nearby? Right, just in case. (laughs) That's true. Right, exactly. They grab the tarp, but my favorite part (laughs) of that entire scene is like so they all jump off and Richard the photographer is like the last one and he leaps onto the tarp and then and like it catches him and and then he leaps up again and then lands on the concrete slides and goes everybody watch out I'm like oh shit did Sven (laughs) show up after all (laughs) I I think they should have kept tossing him in the air and he should have been like, yay, do it again, do it again. Right? Need an animated gif of that. (laughs) Well, Gemma's skeptical that, uh, about what had just transpired and uh, she insists that the misfits are responsible for it. And when the security guard is asked if he'd seen any of them, he claims that he just saw a plain tourist. Jem says accidents don't just happen. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Newsflash, Jem. Accidents do actually happen. What planet right. are you from? Also, why are we not blaming the security guard? He's the one. Right? He's the one that crashed. I mean, he was going like 100 miles an hour and crashed into the right. goddamn thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're watching this. Accidents don't just happen in Justin's high school. He's like yelling at the TV. Yes, Jim, accidents happen. Was that like a hot rodded cart? Was that like modded by like Tim the Toolman Taylor or something? Because <laughs> that this has had way too much horsepower. Well, the next stop for the holograms on their photo shoot trip is the Grand Canyon. The band is excited at the premise because no one has done a rock fashion shoot in that location before. Although there is some concern that the misfits will find a way to disrupt things. Whatever. With the aerial photo shoot commencing via helicopter, the misfits in a cave below the holograms throw rocks at bats in order to sabotage their photo shoot. With the holograms standing at the edge of a cliff, they become dangerously close to falling into the ravine as the bats fly between them. In the midst of the chaos, the misfits take their leave, while Jim uses synergy to project a supersonic sound wave that sends the bats on their way. 
But the holograms are not out of danger yet. The cliff the band is standing on starts to crumble. However, Rio and Richard swoop down in the helicopter and manage to save them before they fall to their death. Oh my god. Some this awesome, entire uh, sequence of events is ridiculous. <laughs> that pilot, he is he is pretty amazing. But also, mm-hmm. just like what what is even what is even happening? Like why are the misfits crawling around in a cave? How did they figure out that the bats would like go up instead of down? And why that looks like a solid Rio, piece of rock. Right. And also, yeah, like a piece of rock that's been there for a hundred million years, like crumbles under the weight of four tiny women. Like whatever. But my favorite part of that entire sequence is when the bats show up and all the other holograms are flipping out and Shane is just punching them. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. She's just either. punching them. I was like, Shane turned into Chuck Norris for that scene. I, I took amazing. a screenshot of it. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Shane is just like, oh, oh. she's got this angry look on her face. Like, she's not scared. She's pissed. <laughs> yeah, she's doing the judo chop. Right. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> As someone who has been to the Grand Canyon in very recent memory, um, it's it, that's not what it looks like either. Just I'm just throwing that out there as another. Well, there's that. But also, I, okay, so this photographer guy, I do not have any faith in him as an artist because I all of his choices have seemed to be bad. Like his first <laughs> choice was it's a rock fashion book, so they're going to be with some dolphins. Because that's rock and roll. (laughs) And then his next decision was, I'm going to take them to Washington, D.C. and take pictures of them next to a giant gray slab. (laughs) Because that's rock and roll. Well, you know what's so stupid about some of those shoots, especially the one when they're on the scaffolding, is that literally could have been a soundstage with, like, a green screen behind it. Exactly. Like, you go all the way there just to shoot them on that. Like, use the actual location to your advantage. Right. Like, have them, like, that pool in front of, like, in the mall. The reflecting pool or whatever it's called. That's like, yeah. have them stand in front of that or whatever. But, you know, again, I, I question him. And then they get to the Grand Canyon and they're like, oh, yes, no one has ever taken pictures in such a majestic setting, blah, blah, blah. So, first of all, the clothes <laughs> they're wearing are, once again, ugly. Right. They're ugly clothes. Like, Shayna is falling down on her job at creating interesting clothes for this book. So, they're wearing ugly clothes. And then... He's taking pictures of them. And once again, it's like they're standing in front of rocks. Those could be any rocks. Like you're not, you're too close to them standing in front of these rocks. But then they get in the helicopter so that he can, you know, take pictures with the wide angle telephoto lens, whatever. And it's like, okay, fine. But he has no tripod on that helicopter. I don't know if you noticed. And he has one of those huge lenses. And I'm like, those pictures are coming out blurry. But also, like, if you get far enough away so that you can see that they're in the Grand Canyon, they're too tiny. To notice what they're wearing. This man has made so many poor artistic choices. Tempest, I don't even understand why the misfits. To make sense of this show. <laughs> the misfits don't need to sabotage this book. You it's going what? to be shitty. I think Richard is really Eric Raymond in disguise. <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, that's why Eric's not in so this episode. Sense. He's masquerading as this horrible photographer with bad ideas. We cut to the misfits who are ruminating on their failed plan to sabotage Gem and the Hologram's photo shoot. Although the misfits put their lives in danger, it ends up creating even more positive publicity for the band. The morning newspaper happens to feature their daring rescue, in quotes, on the front pages. Pizzazz is fed up and decides to speak with her father, Harvey Gabor, about a business opportunity. 
Now, normally, Mr. Gabor wouldn't give his own daughter the time of day, but his head seems to perk up when Pizzazz mentions the opportunity to make money. Pizzazz's proposal is that Mr. Gabor back her idea to create her own rock fashion book, which Pizzazz claims to be a guaranteed bestseller. Those are bold words, Pizzazz. <laughs> now, um, beyond just creating a rock fashion book for the Misfits, Pizzazz requests that Mr. Gabor buy the rights to Jim's rock fashion book. Mr. Gabor concedes after his daughter puts on her best innocent girl voice. Please, Daddy, for me. Uh, the deal we, uh, will be taken care of once he calls his New York office. Now, this whole thing with buying the rights, uh, this makes zero sense. What is the deal with his New York office? Like, what is that office? Because I th wasn't he dealing with, like, oil and who knows what other kind of natural resources? So, like, and how also do you buy the rights to something? Like, don't they have to agree to it? Like, I don't understand. You can't just take over and buy the rights to that. Exactly. Like, I mean, before what happened, like with the with the movie, he bought the whole movie studio and that's how they gained control. of the That movie, makes more sense, which which made more sense. But this time she isn't even saying, like, buy the publishing company. She's just like, buy the rights to this book. And he's like, mm, OK, I'll do that. And I'm like, what do you what do you mean? Mm, OK, I'll do that. That doesn't make any sense. Like, even if you call New York, the mysterious people in New York who make things happen. It doesn't make any sense that they bought, like, the rights to this book. Well, the Misfits make their way to meet Jim and the Holograms to inform them that not only do they own the rights to their rock fashion book, but they will be taking over production and complete creative control, with Clash becoming the new art director. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna... Yeah, that's not gonna go well. With the Misfits now calling the shots when the photo shoot begins, Richard is forced to take photos of the holograms in demeaning poses such as scrubbing floors lifting heavy luggage and putting cutlery on dining tables and you know what's really sad is that the outfits that they're wearing are the best outfits of this entire episode <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and they're being forced to do this stuff but i also love how so they you know they have these pictures that they're taking like they're showing the the actual pictures that come out of them like doing all these things but i have to say that they have this really interesting art house quality to them. Uh, I took a screenshot when I was doing the, the rewatch because there's like one in particular where Jem is standing with her hands on her hips and there are two mops next to her. She's standing like against a wall. And I was looking at that and I was like, I could see that being an Annie Leibovitz shot in which the, the holograms are talking about class disparity or something. You know, it's just like it has a certain like postmodern quality to it that I'm sure was not intended, but I think it's actually kind of hilarious. I, I feel like these should be hanging up in a gallery somewhere. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> well, Richard is not happy about the direction uh, being given and refuses to participate further, but the misfits are quick to remind him of the new contract and ownership. And uh, Aline, did you want to comment on that? I was just going to say, it's interesting that the Misfits, their idea of really humiliating Jim and the Holograms is like, we're going to make you do housework. Right. Once again, their classism yeah. completely shows through because like, that's the most demeaning thing they could think of. Oh, Jim has to mop a thing. Right. Oh, no. Oh, you have to set the table. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. Like, setting the table was the best one because you're like, that's demeaning. I said the right. table all the time. I don't. Okay. Right. I, I think like, what they should have done is, well, first of all, they could have at least made them clean the floor with toothbrushes 
and, uh, you know, clean a chimney, like, you know, just be covered in soot and stuff like that. Well, I was just going to say, it's not like they had to wash the dishes. That's right. I mean, that's my least favorite chore. But. Gem and the holograms meet later in the evening to discuss bailing from the project, but their assistant reminds them of the contract and their obligation to produce a fashion book. Richard stops by and invites them to his dark room to make prints uh, from the Washington, D.C. and Grand Canyon shoots. And we cut to a Gem and the Holograms music video called We Can Change It. What did the two of you think of the song and the video? Go, Tempest, go. <laughs> okay. I like this song, too. Um, I love, like, the, the whole, like, photo montage, like, we're making a thing, kind of upbeat awesomeness to this to this song. Um, and I also, and, and we'll also point out that the clothes that they are actually wearing in this video and in these pictures that are going in this fashion book, like the real fashion book, are 20 times better than any of the other clothes we have seen them wear. I'm just like, what is happening? But this is a very dancey song. I like it. It's so much. And, and, oh, with, oh, I will say with the exception of Shayna, who's dressed like a house painter. I don't know why she's just like a house painter. But anyway, everybody else is dancing and there's like, film-related dancing this and then Rio, whatever. So, yeah. Did you notice how um, at the Grand Canyon, Pizzazz was dressed like April O'Neil? Oh, my God. I did not notice that, but you were exactly correct. <laughs> I was like, what did you do to April? Why are you wearing her outfit? I do not understand what's happening. She hit her over the head, dragged her into an alley, Probably. took her outfit, and went away. <laughs> she looked at her and was like, that yellow jumpsuit's really cute. Right. I'm going to take that. Yeah. And because they're in fake San Angeles Diego, there are no turtles around <laughs> to save her. Well, I enjoyed this the song and, and the video, too. It was okay. Although I did take issue with uh, some of the lazy animation because there's quite a lot of reuse. And this is uh, in particular when every time Jim clapped her hands, it was the exact same animation, just reused. Oh, yeah, and they did. And, and, and like the, the, the pictures as they like went in a sort of, uh, counterclockwise circle thingy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, was, I mean, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even the wall, there's a wall of negatives hanging to dry and that was, yeah, that was used a lot. Yeah. It's a good song though. It was just not yeah. a great video. Pizzazz drops by the dark room to pick up the photo package for the rock fashion book. But the photos she takes are the ones that prove the misfits were responsible for the sabotage. And with nothing concrete to show her father, Pizzazz makes up an excuse that the photos simply didn't turn out right. Mr. Gabor is naturally furious as he spent a large but untold sum of money in investing in Pizzazz's rock fashion book. He grabs the photos from Pizzazz's hands and is shocked at what he sees before his eyes. Mr. Gabor is utterly flabbergasted that his own daughter would get him to invest in a project and just sabotage it like that. Not all is lost, though, for poor Mr. Gabor, because Howard Sand stops by the office and mentions that he's a friend of Richard Arlington and that he's willing to buy the rights back, but at a substantially lower price. Okay, but why did he sell the rights in the first place? Right. That is never explained. It, it was it his isn't. idea. No, and can I just want to say that it's I find it strange that Pizzazz picks up that photo package and doesn't even look at them until she gets all the way back to her house. Right. And exactly. then instead of stashing them under a couch cushion or something before going to talk to her dad, she's just like, 
I'll just take these with me. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was so dumb. It makes no sense. But you know what makes even less sense? How the photographer even got those pictures to begin with. Because for him uh-huh. to have taken those pictures, he had to have not been pointing his camera at Jim and the holograms. He is the worst photographer. Well, this episode wraps with the successful launch and book signing of Jim and the Holograms rock fashion book. Rio and Jim share a moment where she tells him that Jerrica would be so proud of him for being so heroic. And Jim breaks the fourth wall and winks at the camera. Super creepy wink, too. It was a creepy wink. And that actually made no sense in the context of what just happened in that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because, all right, so this book, I know that TV shows are notorious about not understanding how other media worlds work, but it seems to imply that Howard Sands went to the office and Mr. Arlington bought the book back and the next day there was a book signing. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Tempest, give say- them a break. It's a 22-minute no. episode. <laughs> no, I will not, because it had to have been a few weeks, if we're being silly, but months if we're being realistic, in between the time that they finished with this rock book and then they actually went and, you know, and, and got it published and they had this signing. Jem acts like she hasn't seen Rio at all in that time. Like Rio just disappeared for months, probably because he's ashamed of himself, but you should be, but whatever. <laughs> so he's disappeared for months. So she like, Rio, she acts like she hasn't seen him. And she's like, I'm going to tell Jerrica all about it. And, you know, again, if we're pretending that Jem and Jerrica are two different people, haven't they talked in all these months? Were they having a fight? What is going on? Like, she should have told Jerrica about Rio's heroic heroicness, which actually wasn't all that heroic, but we'll gloss over that, like, months ago. But she's just Mm going to tell her just now because of reasons. Like, I know I'm being picky, but it's just annoying. No, I think it's fine what you're saying. And I kind of feel like this almost could have been a two or should have been basically padded out into a two-parter. Because, I mean, I know we just, maybe because they just had the music awards, which is a two-part episode, and they didn't want to do another one. But, yeah, this this probably would have been a little bit more coherent. It would have had a little more time to sort of breathe in terms of the, the story to break it up into two, you know, 20 or 22-minute episodes. Do yeah. either of you catch yourself thinking, well, when they start no, I never remaking think when this show? I never no. think when I watch this. <laughs> but, like, when they remake the show... It'll be blah, 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 blah. And they'll do this and this and this instead. Like, I do that. And I don't know why. (laughs) But, like, I am planning the Gem and the Holograms reboot. Like... Because it so desperately needs to happen. It so desperately needs to happen. Wait, are are you telling me that neither of you are excited for this live-action movie that's going to be so faithful to the 80s cartoon? Uh, Alex, we talked about this. There's an episode, if you want to listen, a while back. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, it was like a 20-minute long one. Um, someone we basically it. just screamed into our microphones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast over. Pretty right. much, yeah. But, you know, here's, here's the one thing, though, that I want, if there's going to be a reboot of the cartoon, I really want it to keep its anti-capitalist message. Basically, everything, like all the business people in this show are shady as hell. They are yeah. shady. Like, we're not, like, not even just Eric Raymond. Like that Arlington guy, he shows up to the book signing. He's like, we did it, girls. Good old teamwork. Shut up, sir. You <laughs> sold the book. You sold the book. And now you just going to show up at the end and be like, we did it. So, you know, there's that. Uh, like Howard Sands being all like, you know, at the beginning saying, well, the misfits have to stay in the battle of the bands, even though they almost killed your children. And every single thing Harvey Gabor does, like all the businessmen are shady. 
this show is so anti-capitalist. I kind of love it. I can only hope that there will be a reboot of the animated series. And I do think that a, a serialized uh, animated series is, is the best format for the show. I only hope that if they do make a new show that it's faithful in all the important ways that that we care about for from the original series you know i think i hope that they keep the um uh, sort of that the the style and vibe of the show intact even though they ha they'll obviously have to modernize it and update it in, in several ways but uh but also uh, i i hope that they keep the the tongue-in-cheek humor and stuff like that which i think is is important as well because it has to it has to be lighthearted to to some extent right there has to be that that balance of of the action sequences with with the lightheartedness and and the romance angle to it right and mm -hmm. you know also one of the things that i love the most about Jim and the holograms is how supportive Jem is of not the foster children but <laughs> of the other band members like she's always excited about you know oh aja you're gonna you know whatever oh shana your fashion stuff like like i really i love that i love that she's I, I don't feel like it's about her in her mind it's about like she's genuinely happy for her friends when these good things happen and, and take the spotlight off of her a little yeah i'm so glad you brought that up because we didn't talk about that earlier on uh at the beginning of the episode yeah actually that did come across my mind when jen was talking about that because it did seem very selfless that she she absolutely wants to promote sheena's talent and obviously believes in her in her design abilities i think if they re if they reboot the uh the show i instead of you know how the misfits uh, open up the misfits uh, records or whatever their record company was i think they should call it shady records get it shady shady <laughs> business <laughs> Yes. Do either of you have any closing comments for this episode? It was fine. <laughs> I'm I'm really sure that the that their rock fashion book was actually terrible. I was disappointed that we didn't get to see. Well, people were lined up though, waiting waiting to get autographs. So I don't know. I know, but then they probably opened the book and they were like, "What the hell are they wearing? Is that what the hell is this? Is that supposed what? to be the Grand Canyon? I don't <laughs> see a canyon." Are they in DC? Right. Why is there a gray wall behind them? I don't understand. Right. And why are these clothes so ugly? Sorry, but they were. They're so ugly. They're very bad. Yeah. Well, I think we should just jump straight into trivia. There's not much uh, this week uh, for this episode, but uh, right before Clash is caught by the man in the white car, her dress doesn't have the purple and blue lines on it. The lines are also gone when Clash and the Misfits are sitting in the waiting area. That, you know, animation mistakes pretty much happen every episode in this series. Some sometimes they're you know they're small and you don't they're not easily to uh, to catch. And sometimes they're they're more glaring issues like Kimber's reoccurring pink hair that always seems to happen during the music video for We Can Change It. One of the pictures shown from the photo shoots shows Jerica, but Jerica was never supposed to be at that photo shoot. Uh oh, Jerica just pops up randomly sometimes. It was a like, hologram. Right, it's like, who's that? It's Jerica. Whoop. Yeah, and I like, uh, this is something we brought up during the episode, so it's not really much trivia, but uh, I like how they made a reference to the fashion contest from the In Stitches episode. Yeah, continuity is good. Having mm -hmm. And apparently there was, well, according to the gym wiki, uh, this uh, I guess could be debatable. They they said the, the, the factual error in this episode is that killer whales are not actually deadly. They're typically. I think typically is a good word. Once again, it's just like... They they sort of made it seem like the whale was coming after Jerrica. Yeah. Also, nobody told me that Jerrica was actually a mermaid because she was literally under the water for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Before she got saved by dolphins. 
So mm. thank goodness for porpoises. Is uh, is Jerrica like Tom Cruise and is able to hold her breath for like six minutes underwater or something? She has some hidden talent we uh, we don't know about. Maybe. I mean, in my head canon, all of these people have been trained by the CIA, which is why they sent Clash to do reconnaissance. <laughs> Your version of the show sounds so much more interesting. It really does. <laughs> you know what? I, I was actually just thinking, just going back to the, the whole reboot of the series, wouldn't it be wonderful if the design of the characters followed the Sophie Campbell design from the IDW series? Yes. That would be amazing. amazing. Absolutely. Well, that is it for this week. Next week, we get episode, uh, what are we on? 16? Next week, called Broadway Magic, written by Marv Wolfman. Marv Wolfman. <laughs> Generally, I like Marv Wolfman stuff, but oh my god, that Broadway Magic episode. Oh my god. Rain in your thoughts for next week. But uh, Aline, this week, are you either able to confirm or deny that you are a Cylon? I've been having major computer problems, so I feel like that is a tick in the not a Cylon um, column because... You know what? For the first time, I think I might agree with that because the Cylons are fairly good with computer stuff. Right. If I were a Cylon, I would be able to like CPU meld with my computer and figure out what was going on with it, but I can't do that. Right. You would have some kind of link up between yourself and the the machine in front of you. You'd be able to create some, some kind of data link to debug yep. the problem and somehow and actually be able to figure it out yeah like you have little little nano machines that transfer yeah. between like, you oh, and nanites that i could transmit through the usb thing and it the would dongle. Just fix it yeah yep. yeah let's just say words and hope they make sense yes yes but i do not have nanites because i i am not a cylon well is there anything that you'd like to plug in and by the way where can people find you on the interwebs i'm on twitter um at aline it's a-l-e-e-n you can pretty much find everything from there um, I have another podcast I do once a week called Less Than or Equal, where I talk to cool, geeky people about their cool, geeky projects. Um, and that's at lessthanorequal.com. Great. And uh, someone, a little birdie told me that you have a little donation page going on. Oh, I do. Why do I always forget that? I do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Aline. What does that do for the listeners? For the listeners? <laughs> Nothing right now. Um, my goal is... It, it helps pay the bills. I've invested quite a bit of money in like a, a professional microphone and a, you know, a, a stand for it and an interface. And like, so I've invested a lot of money in the show so far. I think that speaks for itself because it's, it's very clear that uh, you're not using some $40 radio shack special in, in the microphone department. <laughs> Earbuds. Yeah, no. So, um, so yeah, we, we've invested quite a bit of money um, in that. So it's kind of, kind of helping me recoup those costs. Um, the bonus will hopefully soon be once a week bonus episodes where we discuss pop culture. So um, we listen to, my husband and I listen to The Incomparable a lot. So I'm thinking about doing something, I'm calling it The Incomparable for Diversity. Um, so the first thing I want to do is actually talk about The Princess Bride with a panel of people where, where we talk about it from a, a diversity standpoint because there aren't a lot of women in it. There aren't a lot of relatable women in it. And there are like zero people of color. But really what I want to do is show that you can recognize something as problematic, but still love it because I love The Princess Bride. 
Like it is my comfort movie. And so I, I kind of want to show people that it's not all black and white. You you can exist in the in-between. Um, and I want to have fun doing that. So hopefully we'll start getting those going um, in September. That's fantastic. And and I can definitely say as a listener and subscriber to your podcast, uh, you've been doing a wonderful job. I'm pretty sure I've been listening since episode one. So Oh, really? I had no idea. I knew you listened now, but I didn't know that you've been listening that long. Yeah, I, I have. And, and I've noticed, I mean, you've changed gear. I mean, I, don't, I can't pinpoint the exact episode, but at some point, and your audio quality has, has dramatically improved. It was never bad in the first place, but it's definitely professional sounding now. Oh, thank you. That means it's important. It means a lot to me. Thanks. Great. And Tempest, can you either confirm or deny that you are a Cylon? I'm not a Cylon. I'm a killer whale who actually kills people. <laughs> I just took a drink. <laughs> I'm that magical unicorn of a killer whale who actually is like, mm, bodies in the water. Nommy, nom, nom. <laughs> now all of our listeners are scared away and they're going to sense restraining orders. <laughs> Aren't you a vegetarian, Tempest? No, actually, I'm not. Oh, why did I? I, I don't something know. made me think you were, but okay. Flesh of human. No, there's no way she's a vegetarian. Vegetarians aren't that <laughs> She's angry. a cannibal. <laughs> No, no, I'm a black fish. Nami nom. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to plug this week? Where can people find you on the interwebs? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Tiny Tempest. And you should join my Gem Rewatch, which I alluded to earlier. It's basically on Mondays around 5 o'clock, unless my dog runs away. <laughs> um, around 5 o'clock. Uh, hashtag gem rewatch all one word I watch the episodes uh, in preparation for doing this podcast and I live tweet my reactions and I try to be as hilarious as possible because sometimes you have to laugh or else you'll cry <laughs> watching some episodes of this show um, so you should join me uh, for the gem rewatch and you could totally watch along with me and like also put your stuff on the hashtag if you want to or you could go to my website, which is ktempestbradford.com, to see all my other stuff that I do. I write fiction. I also write essays. And yeah, that's what I do. And you're wonderfully supportive towards other young authors that are not particularly well-known mm. in that I space. I try to be. Whenever I find people writing really good fiction, I like to tell everybody so that everybody knows because it's important. Short fiction is important. And one thing you've been doing recently that I really, really love is encouraging the authors who follow you to get websites and kind of hooking them up with, you know, helping them find resources to actually get even a simple website up. I think that's that's great that you're doing that. I want everybody to have a good website too. It's like, oh, it's so important. And yeah. every now and then I'm reminded that people are like, oh, I don't know how to put together a website. And, you know, I have an Amazon author page and I want to reach to the internet, snatch them up and be like, come with me to work.com. <laughs> oh my God. That's great. Well, thank you for giving back to the community. Aww. Alex, are you a Cylon? By virtue of the fact that I am the creator of this show, I default to not being a Cylon. I, oh. I, I have. Wait, what? I have immunity. What? That sounds shady. Yeah. Well, I'm a shady kind of guy. <laughs> now I'm worried. I'm just mm -hmm. worried. I have a beard at the moment, so I can't be trusted, clearly. And I have arched eyebrows. Mirror oh. universe. Oh. Just call me brows. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for this week. Uh, stay tuned and uh, join us again next week for Broadway Magic. And if you haven't 
taking a moment to rate us on iTunes, please do that. It really does help the show out. Give us a four or five star rating, whatever you feel like. Leave a comment. That would be awesome. You can also get in touch with us by going to gemcast.tv forward slash contact and leave us a message. Or if you feel so inclined, you can also help the show and support us by donating. And that is available at gemcast.tv forward slash donate. We have some predefined donation tiers, uh, which will go towards upgrading our audio software and hardware equipment uh, to generally make the show better. There's also a option if you just want to donate whatever amount you feel comfortable with, a buck or two, we would certainly appreciate it. See you next week.